0: welcome to acamp Wonderland um we are this week we're just glad we're not a Chelsea podcast uh, I think that's the best way we can say today yeah uh, this is the post game show for the uh yeah the three 0 loss to Liverpool at the Emirates just after the international break and tonight I am joined by I would say probably the most positive person on ABW at the moment, other than myself. And that's saying something. It's John. John, how are you? Uh yeah, I've had I've had better nights.
1: Um it is worrying when me and you are the two most positive people. Uh yeah. That was I've never left a game early, but um tonight I thought if I was at the ground, would I have there was a chance I would have left early. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't leave early and go home because I was already at home watching it. And I wasn't allowed yeah. to turn it off because I had to come on here and talk about it. So, yeah, <laughs> not good. Yeah, that
0: was that was the worst thing, that having to do this. Is we have to keep watching right to the very end. And, mm-hmm. wow, we didn't turn around a 3-0 deficit this time. Mm. And um, <laughs> I think we'll go in with the big questions first, John. Um, am I now just naive to not trust the process or should I still be trusting the process?
1: Well... I, honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I want to back Arteta. I do, and I did stick up for him a little bit on Twitter earlier, and I've I've had some abuse for that. Um, I think he was kind of hamstrung by the injuries we had tonight because the drop off in quality is unbelievable from one player to to who comes in for him. But the issue tonight, I don't think. If we'd just gone out and we'd lost the game, it's Liverpool. I know they've been on a bad run of form, but at some point that was always going to turn around. And they're a really, really good squad, a uh, really good club, and they shouldn't be where they are in the league with the players they've got. They should clearly be challenging for the title, for the talent they've got in the team. So if we just lost and we'd played okay, I don't think everyone's everyone's going to be disappointed, but they're not going to go, oh, this is dreadful, this is awful and everything. It's the manner in the of the defeat. Um, it just felt so lacklustre and... Like no effort. And it's the first time I think I've watched an Arteta team go into a game and it didn't look like there was a clear game plan. Even the games where we've lost or we've played badly and got something out of it. There's always, at least to me anyway, I've seen like a clear, like what he's trying to do in a game and what he's trying to achieve or little areas of play. And tonight I just didn't see that. Um, which was a bit of a worry because I don't know if that's a case of either he didn't have one. My only explanation for it is he didn't have one, which I don't believe. I I can't imagine someone like Arteta. He doesn't strike me as a bloke who doesn't have a plan. It's either the players haven't done it or they're just not good enough to do it, which I think it's probably the latter for me anyway. Um, And yeah, just two, three players out of this team that some people don't particularly like one of them in particular
0: and the drop-off in quality is
1: absolutely ridiculous.
0: It's so poor. Yeah, I think for me, what it looked like Arteta was trying to do was completely suffocate Liverpool. We know that although this is a superb side that you know blew everybody away last season and the season before in the Champions League just absolutely ripped people to shreds, we did a good job, I think, at completely suffocating them in that first half because they do struggle to break teams down. You know, it was the whole reason they brought Tiago in was yeah. to have that player that could play those passes in the final third to slide in the likes of yeah, Mane, Salah because Firmino isn't that kind of player for them. And I thought in the first half we did a lot to kind of stop them, but my god, we're bad at counterattacking. And I think you'd have it down as you've got the you've got Pepe and you've got a Bamiyang in your side. How are they so bad with their runs that they're just not offering any kind of movement in the final third for anyone? And I don't I don't understand how yeah just a Bamiyang I know he's gonna be the target for everybody mm. after this game. Um I think in the Graham Sunnis like spectrum there were people who would be blame, blaming him because of his haircut. And I think there's also... <laughs> I think that's a men- fair yeah. argument, to be fair. That haircut is garbage. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's... I mean, it was the tale of two terrible haircuts that game, right? If it was—if it ended nil-nil, the only two things we were going to talk about was Travis Scott on one, one wing and uh, the referee who I think let his cat cut his hair for him. <laughs> It's <laughs> the only only way that I can kind of work out what happened there. But I, I, why are we so bad at counterattacking? Why does what can you see that um, has caused this?
1: Well, I mean, so if we talk about the players who, well, one player in particular who definitely more than likely would have started just on mm-hmm. the last, well, you could talk about the last three managers really, um, would have been Granite Xhaka. Um, not everyone's favourite player and I understand why, because he does make mistakes and he's not particularly quick, but he can deliver a great ball and he finds, you know, he finds great passes and, and almost forces run sometimes with his passes. Um, you know, he'll play into spaces where a runner might not necessarily be going sometimes and they go, oh, okay, actually there's a gap there. I'm, I'm going to go into that because he can find me. The, the big issue was for me, the the one thing I thought Arteta got wrong before the game is starting Ceballos in midfield. Um, he's not a player who can run and chase a ball all day. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's the best footballer in the world either, to be perfectly honest. But to me, this felt much more like a uh, play Mohammed El Nelly and let Thomas Party try and be the sort of more creative force in our in our midfield. And the issue was that there seemed to be no connection between those two. So any times we did get the ball back, we couldn't keep it for more than three or four passes. Um, Lacazette, who I think has done really well this season, uh, he's had his ups and downs, was really poor tonight and just could not get on the ball at all. Um, Their centre-backs had nothing to worry about at all. Fabinho was just like, oh, well, I can just come in and nick the ball off him and I'll I'll deal with Lacazette finally. He was playing so deep at times um, I think someone put up a stat where Callum Chambers had a like higher average position than Lacazette <laughs> did in the game. Um, and Abamiang and Pepe, when they got the ball, they didn't really do anything with it. The only time I think we saw Abamiang do anything, he took on two players and checked back inside for Cedric, who had that shot, mm. which was one of our two shots, I think, in the entire game. Um, and, and now I'm not saying that Elneny would be the creative force or anything, but it gives Partey a little bit more freedom, gives him a bit more security. He's a, he's a continuity player. He, he'll he keep ball. He'll do all the running and he'll get it and he'll just give it simple and he'll always be available for a pass. Again, it's not all on to Bios. This partly down to the manager for not selecting him. Um, I thought everyone was poor tonight. All the players, to be perfectly honest. I thought Chambers did okay. He was probably one of our better players on, on the, on the night. Um, Erdogan yeah. was solid, you know, but again, didn't get enough of the ball. So what what you're expecting him to do? But yeah, the issue was every time he did get the ball, there was absolutely no. Lacazette couldn't hold it up. Pepe wasn't taking on his man or beating his man, um, which I thought was really strange as well. Especially when Milner went to the left back, I thought, oh, okay, Pepe's gonna he's got a chance to do something now, yeah. um, and did nothing. And Aubameyang was not in the game at all either. Um, obviously losing Kieran Tierney as well was a, was a big loss because that is one of our outlets but yeah just every player looks under par tonight um, I don't think that's the best Liverpool I've seen them play but they were good tonight they were very good but they were in total control um, and to be perfectly yeah. honest they probably should have won more than
0: 3-0 I think everything that we did to, to them was just exactly how they kind of wanted it a long ball up to Lacazette well um, is it Phillips at centre back? I think the last time I saw him, he was playing in the League One. And so you know what kind of strikers he's coming up against there and what kind how they're kind of testing him is balls in the air. He's six foot four, I think, from memory. He's just going to be heading those away all day long. It's fine. He's he's not gonna worry about that. What he'd be worried about is players with quick, intricate movement in and around him, running off him, and that's where he's gonna be that's where the problem kind of lies but we couldn't get anywhere close to even testing them as you kind of say that that was basically a a full strength liverpool side minus the defence and because we couldn't get through that midfield, we just st- it didn't matter who they had at defence i think as commentary from sky sports was saying um you know the two commentators there one of them gary neville i can't remember who the other one was like martin it tyler was, probably yeah tyler yeah yeah Yeah, they were saying that they could have played centre-back and it was that kind of easy. If you knew how to head a ball and you could win nine times out of ten against Lacazette in the air, you were fine because we weren't doing anything else from there. You could see how the long ball worked last time against West Ham, that we were using that as a quick outlet to kind of avoid the press occasionally. But as you said, like Ceballos just looked so... It's just Leno didn't seem to trust him. And I was getting to the point of what was the point of Leno going away with Germany? You know, he's third choice goalkeeper for them. Ter Stegen, Neuer are ahead of him. He's the wrong, he's in the wrong age bracket basically to ever be playing for them. Unless there's some kind of freak accident where, you know, Neuer and Ter Stegen both happen to like run into each other and are out for concussion. He's not going to be starting for Germany. And, Right now, I think he would have been. It would have been a much bigger benefit for him to stay with Arsenal over this international break. Because if you look at the players that went away versus who started today, well, Callum Chambers didn't go away with England. Holding didn't go away with England. Uh, Brazil didn't have any fixtures, so if Gabriel was going to go, he didn't go. KT was there. That's fine. He was in. Uh, For Scotland, that's kind of a given, he's our only left back option. But Ceballos didn't go away either. And we've seen the miscommunication and the problems that Leno has had with the midfielders, especially that midfielder that comes and picks the ball up from him. You know, we saw it with Xhaka fucking it up against Burnley, we saw it with Ceballos fucking it up. Um, it was against West Ham, wasn't it?
1: yeah West Ham, and, and then we had the Europa League one as well Europa
0: League well I guess yeah. Benfica we had a couple of cock-ups and that's where you've got to say you know what I'll to have a word in his ear and say we could actually do with you here right now because mm. you need to get that in um, and we struggled generally and I think I wonder whether or not we look at bringing Matt Ryan in because he is very good with his feet he tends to make the right decision every time as well um but I did think, uh, and he said, I couldn't think of anyone that had a great game for us today. I thought it was, this might sound strange, Thomas Parton's best game for us that I've seen. I thought he was superb in the game in terms of mopping up, especially against that, the kind of quality that Liverpool had. Mm. I did have some questions about um, handing off players, um, that runners from their uh, Milner shot in the first half. I think someone that Partey never looks over his shoulder at any point to see who's yeah. behind him. And you could partly say, oh, the guys behind him should tell him who's behind him. But there's that kind of, he should be, he should at least have one courtesy look round his shoulder and would see Milner pulling away, waiting for everything to drop because Alexander-Arnold just puts that ball onto his foot. He's got all the time in the world and he should do better. But I can't think of many times, especially in that first half, where Liverpool tore us apart because they didn't no I mean they,
1: they got they got a couple of times where a player got the ball in the box that Mane did and Salah but we managed to swarm them quick enough I think a more you know like a more confident inform Liverpool when they were really at their peak Mane and Salah get the ball there and they they turn or roll a player and they get their shot off and score um they're obviously not they're not there at the moment because they've been in a bad run um But those were the only two times where I Mm -hmm. thought, well, they looked like they were going to score. Mm -hmm. And obviously Milner and I think Arnold Mm -hmm. had a speculative effort as well, but Mm -hmm. all of those were blocked. So, um, yeah, I I just, I'm not sure. Like, I get, I think what Arteta was trying to do is, like you said, smother them, Mm -hmm. try and hit them on the counter. But if you can't keep the ball and you can't string two, three passes together, Mm -hmm or the people, if you're Thomas Partey or Sabayas or your are Odegaard and the guys ahead of you aren't running or making those runs, you, you've got no option to pass to. And then you are getting closed down so much that it's just not going to work. I, I do think another um, possible miss in the team, uh, again, another player that is very hit and miss for us is David Luiz, just because sometimes you can't do that progress the ball through midfield in nice, like, smooth passing and stuff, even if it is at pace. Sometimes you just need a centre-back who can hit a perfect ball over the top. Because the way Liverpool were pushing onto us, if David Luiz picked the ball up on the edge of our box and turned and sees a Bamiang in space or something, he can hit that ball over someone like Arnold or Mm. Pepe, you know, to get behind Andy Robertson. Um, And he can hit those passes. And, I mean, holding, I don't think he's a bad passer of ball, but it's clearly not his strength. And Gabriel's passing today was just well wow. uh yeah that was some of the worst performance I've seen from him uh, to
0: be honest I think he was he was lucky in the first half that he was hitting every single pass too long and then in the second half he was hitting every pass too short and that's where the second goal comes from as well is just yeah is that fact that he finally hit you know he gets caught that his passing was generally bad and he just yeah, I think he had a couple of potentially good passes, but I think it showed how much we missed t- uh, Tierney once he went off because every single Liverpool goal came down that flank. Yeah, as yeah. well.
1: And um, again, and again, and I don't want to criticise Cedric too much because he's playing out of position and he hasn't, mm-hmm. you know, he he's a right back playing at left back against Salah and Trent Alexander Arnold and not getting any help from bamiang pretty much the whole game, mm. um, so it's re- it doesn't matter how good you are as a left back against those two. Let alone if you're mm. playing out of position and you've got somebody in front of you who doesn't help you. Um, should we should we talk about the goals then?
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Um, <laughs> what was what was the first one? Oh yeah, um, the first Jota, one was Jota um, header, wasn't it?
1: Yes, the, the, the think, midget header.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where I kind of mentioned about although I thought it was Partey's best game for Arsenal that I've seen him play, where I think he did... It was that kind of handing off of players, uh, handing off of midfielders, because Jota came on in midfield. Firmino would then went and sat outside the box and no one seemed to kind of say to the defenders, oh, by the way, it's Jota in behind you. Yeah, Holding, I think yeah, he should do a lot better in terms of tracking that run, getting really tight to him. But it's also the case of it doesn't matter how tall or short you are. If the ball's that good. Yeah. You've just got to make the connection. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly.
1: I mean, it's it's a great cross. Um, Anyone that makes Gareth Southgate look like an idiot is okay in my book, to be fair. (laughs) Um, Although it's annoying for us. But yeah, that's... It's the thing, they said it again, they said in the commentary, the thing Liverpool did when they were winning all the time was Robertson and Arnold getting the ball, getting out early wide and putting the ball in as quickly as possible. And in that case, he actually did it. Um, I thought Aubameyang could have closed him down better. He, he stood off him too long there. He didn't, you know, and maybe it was because earlier in the game they weren't crossing it as much. But yeah, that goal to me is part part of it is down to Aubameyang just, again, not closing down quick enough. And then Rob Holding there, like he's he's got no one else to pick up. Mm-hmm. So why he isn't aware of where Jota is? Um, like taking nothing away from the cross and the finish, they they're both excellent, and the movement from Jota is good. But Holding should be aware of where he is. I saw some people having a pop at Callum Chambers, which I thought was really weird because he's clearly with Mane, he's got his man, and he sees the danger and tries to do something about it because Holding has got no idea what's going on um but yeah it's it's poor communication in our defense again um but it's a really really good ball in and look it, even our strikers who don't like heading the ball if someone puts in a ball of that quality you would expect one of them to finish it so it was it was coming uh to be fair um i know we started the second half of, like better for the first five minutes we had a bit more pressure and and tried to get forwards but it instantly resumed to just liverpool having the ball and just us having no outball whatsoever when we did win it back. So expected, sadly.
0: Yeah. And should we go through, uh, or do you want to go through the second goal? Um, Yeah. I think one thing I'd say beforehand was, even though this isn't necessarily the vintage Liverpool side we've seen of two seasons back, still, if you don't have any structure in your side, they still can exploit it. And yeah, do you want to go through the second goal?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's more of Liverpool of old, and that is stuff they haven't been doing in games where they're rather than trying to do intricate passing and stuff like that, that they obviously can do now. They've got Thiago, it was a not a hopeful ball, but it's a good ball over our defense and let Salah, you know, put the ball into space, make Salah run for it, and try and get him isolated one on one against the defender. And that's what they did with Gabriel. Um, he slid in in the box and tried to win it back. Um, I. <sighs> I guess he's a little bit unlucky because the ball sort of bobbles up and bounces nicely for Salah. There's maybe a cynical part of you is that when he does actually connect with the ball that he tries as hard as possible to wipe Salah out at the same time. <laughs> but then look, it's Liverpool and it's Salah and it probably then gets given as a penalty. Um, he does well to get back on his feet and try and put some pressure on him. But he's i mean—he's sensible there. He doesn't drag him down. It would have been very easy to put a hand on the shoulder and drag him back or anything. If you do that, it's a, it's instant penalty, so... Um, I don't have a big issue with Gabriel there. Bigger issue is Leno, um, letting it go through his legs, to be mm. honest. I mean, it's, it's a very cool finish from Salah. He slows down enough to let Gabriel make contact with him to say, like, oh, are you going to push me over? Like, doesn't do it, mm. and then slots it through Leno's legs. Um, I don't like it when a keeper gets beaten at the near post like that. Mm. He puts it in a place where he should be making the save. It's not like he's put it up high or anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Leno would be disappointed with that. Him and Gabriel sort of had a little argument amongst themselves. After that goal went in, because it was so quick after the first, that mm. was when I really worried because then you saw a bit more of players shouting at each other and seeming to have a go. Um, and they, I think they showed a picture of Arteta on the sideline and he just looked like a man who was just like, oh, I, I, know, I knew this was going to happen, <laughs> almost.
0: Yeah, and I think it's, I wouldn't be surprised if the one bit of praise he does have for the team in his post-match interview or press conference is about the fact that they did at least start having a go at each other. Mm. That's the only positive was there's at least still some fight left in these players. When Mm. you look back and we've seen, uh, you know, certainly him say before the January transfer window, this is not his side. This doesn't have the right mentality to it. And then we saw the big clear out of a lot of players that should have been cleared out and clearly who didn't have the right mentality. I think there's still some lingering on, but we've kind of brought up the kind of base level of people, you know, how much people give a shit. It's still not at the right level, but it's still better than what it was. And yeah, I just wonder what, um, yeah, I just, I just wonder what Arteta can take from this, um, positively I think it's the first time we have seen Pepe and Abamyang start alongside Lacazette all season but
1: I'd be surprised I, yeah. if we see it again unless there's injuries to be perfectly honest because it doesn't look balanced unless you yeah. are playing you know uh, have we got Sheffield United next week
0: yeah Sheffield um, United next week
1: maybe against Sheffield United you could do it mm. Because of the, the way they're playing. But I think against most other teams in the Premier League, that just does, that front three does not, just doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is strange because when we signed Pepe, it was like the big exciting thing of, oh, wow, we can have Lacazette, Aubameyang and Pepe. What an exciting forward line. Unfortunately, those three are not Firmino, Salah, mm-hmm. and Mane, <laughs> which was sort of the way that some Arsenal fans were thinking about at the time. And I know I was excited about it as well, but it certainly hasn't worked out that way um yeah the third goal jota again um this one is on gabriel just really i don't I, like you were saying he was massively overhitting his pass in the first half mm-hmm. which is annoying and frustrating but it goes out of touch or whatever it's fine um but when you underhit a pass and it's in your own half as he tries to play it to cedric mm-hmm. just cedric's Expecting the ball to come at least to him, if not ahead of him, doesn't it fall short. Alexander Arnold at this point is pumped up. Um, he's thinking about, you know, helicopter dicking all in Gareth Southgate's face at this <laughs> point um, and just launches onto the ball when it is great. And again, picks it up, runs into space and just delivers a nice ball into the box. Um, and like you were saying, when you lose shape and structure, Liverpool mm-hmm. do tear your apart they find those gaps. Because in the end, it fell to Mane, who you mm-hmm. thought was going to get shot off, but Jota just steams in mm-hmm. from nowhere, is not picked up <laughs> at all uh, and and scores the goal. Um, like from a Liverpool point of view, totally deserved and probably could have cruised this 5-0, to be perfectly honest. They were far better than us. Mm-hmm. But as an Arsenal fan, it was just... Again, don't have a problem with losing to Liverpool, even at home. They're a much better team than we are at the moment. That's very obvious to see uh, for anyone who's got half a football brain. The problem is, is the manner of the defeat and the way we played. Um, the fact that even if they go out and they beat us 2-0 when it's comfortable for them, mm. if you see players put in effort and try something and there's a plan and everything else, then you can go, OK, we tried this. Sometimes you just play against a team that's much better than you and you can sort of go, right, I'll, I'll swallow it this time. <laughs> But there was just nothing from any players today, um, and yeah, it, it's just disappointing because the players this season have responded well generally to to bad defeats. Mm. But the issue is that it's we're at the point where I mean we're all re- we were already at the point of view it was Europa League or bust. But this is now it's just like if you lose the Slavia game on Thursday, I don't know how you motivate the players for the rest of the season for anything. Mm. You know because to no, be perfectly honest famous, the, the the difference between finishing ninth and you know 14th or whatever is two million pounds or something like in money terms and whatever and yeah it might be more embarrassing if you finish in 14th than you do if you finish in nine four eight or something but in real terms it doesn't actually mean that much um but yeah if you if you go out of the europa league then it just i, I I would have no idea how to how you would motivate players unless you are saying to people, if you want to be here next season, then you need to show me now. But that That is literally it. That's, that's all he's got left.
0: Yeah, and I think that what also doesn't help us necessarily is the players that do give a shit are out injured. So you've got to play those, those players that are awful. And I think we had that earlier in the season when we had the kind of, you know, Uh, annual Arsenal centre-back crisis that we always tend to have uh, and left-back crisis as well when Tierney was out and you had to play Kolasinic and we had to play Mustafi or, you know, Socrates wasn't in the team but we were kind of down to that bottom, like, layer of people that we've got to play. I think even today, Ceballos had an absolute shocker and then you look to the bench and everyone's going, why the fuck is Elneny coming on? And you're like, well, look at it. He's our only midfielder at this point. And are you really, really going to bring on someone like Aziz? Are you going to put Aziz in the squad against this Liverpool side and realistically bring him on? Because I don't think any manager is that stupid. No, I mean, that is
1: literally throwing a kid to to play with him. Like, I, I really rate the kid and I think mm. he's going to be a very good player in the future, but you can't do that to someone. And and this is the issue. Like, I understand I understand why people don't want Arteta mm. at the club because um, you look at the uh, how many points he's got compared to Emery. Mm. And no one liked Emery. No one wanted to keep him, but that was no. pretty obvious. But Emery had more points. So, you know, where I've said on Twitter things like, I don't think this team could do much better, regardless who the manager mm. was, people always go, well, Emery did better. That's fair enough. Point proven. My issue is, I realistically don't think this team gets any higher than seventh if every single player, like first choice player, is fit and firing every week. I still don't think he's better than seventh, and that's with everyone you know doing really, really well. Um, the moment you take Granite Jacker out of the team, people mm. can hate Granite Jacker all they want. I want a better player than Granite Jacker. I lo- I love Granite Jacker, but I want a better centre midfielder than him, absolutely, to mm. play with Thomas Partey. But you take him out of the team and the quality drops off. Mm-hmm. You take Saka out, even when Saka's not playing great, the quality <laughs> drops off. You take out Smith-Rowe, quality again, drops. And you, two, three players out and it's awful. Um, people have said Savias mm-hmm. is a better player than Granit Xhaka. Uh, he might be better at some things, but in terms of controlling a midfield mm-hmm. and, and helping keep possession, he's not, he, he's not that sort of player. Um, Elneny is a fine squad player don't have an issue with him but he's not the same level of player uh, you know our defence at the moment unfortunately centre-backs they're all good at certain things but there still doesn't seem to be like proper partnerships anywhere like a clear understanding it, at least um, and at full back, we've got an amazing player in Kieran Tierney and but at right-back we, we've got like three okay right backs and again they're all good at different things so you can sort of pick and choose depending on yeah. the opposition but it it doesn't help consistency in any way so as much as people want Arteta out of the club I don't yeah. I, and I, I understand their reasons for it the moment you get rid of him you get someone else in you're still going to have the same problems you're still going to have the same issues. That they don't—they're not going away until the squad is redeveloped. Um, you know, players are sold, new players are brought in. It's, that's not going to change at all. There's certainly yeah. things Arteta could do differently. You know, maybe you don't start a Abateming tonight. Maybe you start Martinelli. Um, maybe you put Alba through the middle and rest Lacazette. I don't know. The, the, those options are there, but I still don't think it necessarily changes tonight's result or necessarily the the way the players played, because you don't have any midfield options at all. If you can't keep the ball, I don't know what you expect a team to do in a game of football.
0: Yeah, and I'd, I wouldn't want to you know, boil down the stat of the you know, first 50 games of the three managers. Well, I think the um, Arson one is the final 50 games, uh, the way they're kind of putting it all together. But you've got to look at what Emery did with that side – Bear in mind, you've got a firing Bamiyang at that point. That That's the Bamiyang that's scoring 25 goals for you in the league week in, week out. He's registered 14 for us in the league this season so far. Um, that includes, you know, a hat-trick against a very poor... a couple of poor sides... Um,
1: yeah, and he's. And I, think- um, I know. I know people don't like <clears throat> some people don't like stats, but if you actually look at his XG, his XG for this season is actually higher. He's been put in better positions to score goals this season under Arteta than he was under Emery. The season he had under Emery was a was honestly was a freak. <clears throat> like he shouldn't have scored that many goals. Yeah. That was yeah. that was a man playing as if he was a you know the second coming of unreal or, or, yeah. at times. So you I, you're, think, you're, I yeah. think some of those stats are slightly skewed for Emery.
0: Yeah, and I wonder, um, you know, it's congratulations for to potentially congratulations to Emery for getting those kind of performances out of Abamyang. Yeah. You kind of yeah. almost see, you know, what we saw him in under Arteta as well. Was Abamyang was in a great run of scoring you just needed to put him in the starting eleven and he was going to score for you. It didn't take you know tactical kind of genius to get there. The question is, is what's the reason he's not doing it now? Is it Arteta or is it a And I think that's where it kind of divides because you like you say you've got to try and get the best out of your players. But if one of those players that's kind of getting you through by the skin of your teeth, you know, we look at Alexis Sanchez when he was with us we didn't deserve to be in the top four with most no. of the performances, but he was dragging us by our short and curlies into the top four. The same with Miang was dragging us up the table in the last two seasons of, um, you know, the last season of uh, Arteta, uh, Emery and the last season of Arsenal. He was just dragging us up the table with his performance. And we just don't see that from him now. And I don't think too much has changed from us because you could hardly say that, you know, under Emery we were playing expansive creative football and um, we weren't passive we weren't very cautious with our play you know we, we were a very cautious side Emery was yeah. scared by every single opponent in the Premier League every single opponent you look at it and he always catered to them and somehow we always found a way to get a into the position and he'd score for us and we'd get through And I just wonder, um, you know, when you look at the squads that it had there as well at the time, Wenger's squad is full of the right kind of players. That You've still got an Ozil who is actually assisting at that point. You've got the Lacazette, you've got a Aubameyang, you've got Aaron Ramsey as well Mm. with that movement in midfield. And then you kind of get Emery going, well, fuck these guys, but also we'll keep them to that kind of point <laughs> you know don't want Ramsey here anymore but he gets me through a lot of games with his quality and I wonder more to the point of what would have happened if um, you know Arteta was the man to come in and directly replace uh, Arson and what would have happened there um, but I, yeah. I don't think I, we I can guess go to is, this like, yeah
1: the, the, this the, the other thing as well is, like, I mean, if you just talk about Aubameyang, for example, mm. it's either, it, it's one of two things for me with him. It's it's either he's just in a really poor runner form, and that does happen. Mm. Well, I guess it's not two <laughs> things. That can happen, just poor runner form. Um, he doesn't like the manager, maybe. Mm. There, there may be some serious animosity between him and the manager. I, d- I don't know. You know, he was obviously pissed off about the Tottenham game, but he celebrated when Lacazette got his goal, and you know, uh, it was cheering about it. Um, Or, I mean, I mean, the other one, and the one that no one wants to be true, is that he signed his big contract and he doesn't care. Mm. And I, I, I don't think it's that he doesn't care because I can't imagine someone like him. He's played for as long as he has and scored as many goals as he had, going out on the pitch and going, oh, I'm not going to try to go. I don't want to get a goal. Because mm-hmm. it's not what he wants to do. He obviously wants to score goals and he likes being the main man. And, you know, and he has all his flashcards and clothes and jewellery and all that stuff. But he likes being the centre of attention because he can do those things. Um, but you can see the difference in performances with him from when, you know, Saka's on the pitch with him or Smith Rowe or Tierney's playing and people like that. To today where he's on the left, Lacazette's not playing great, and Pepe's on the other side, and it just doesn't work. It, it it clearly is a drop-off and it's a worry because he's on a long-term contract. And you know, we do need to rejuvenate the squad. We're gonna have to sell players. He realistically, we're never gonna be able to sell him because of the money he's on. So um, because of the money he's on, you're gonna have to play him almost the only way you could not do it is if he was only like a year left on his contract, like they did with us and just went right, we're just going to cut our losses and just pay him for a year and just until he's gone. And we can't do that with him. Um, so that is a real headache for Arteta, and he's got to fix that. And if that means that he has to just say, right from now on, a Yang's playing through the middle and we're just going to have three creative guys behind him. And, um, even if he doesn't get goals, he's just going to play every week as the striker. That's what you're going to have to do. Um, the fact he's the captain as well was ridiculous. Mm. The, the worry I have got is that, and like, I'm I'm not a Dortmund fan, but lots of people know Drew who used to be on the podcast. Um, is a huge Dortmund fan. The way he would talk about Bamiyang, especially towards the end of his time at Dortmund, he caused a lot of problems and um, was basically a massive pain in the ass trying to get out of the club or getting certain things out of the club. Um, and it does worry me that. Because of the mentality that Arteta does—that is his way or pff, you're gone, you're out the side. If that does start to happen, um, that is going to cause us even more, more, more issues um, going forwards. Um, yeah, I, there's just so many problems with the squad at the moment. Just like no, no real centre midfielder to play with Thomas Party, and the other thing with Party as well is <laughs> I think he can play much better than he is. Like I thought he was okay today. He's clearly not fit. And I don't think you're going to see the best out of him to him next season. And, and and again, you might not see the best out of him until we get someone in to play with him who is, you know, either complements him well or is the same level.
0: Yeah. And I think there's someone that's offering that outlet to him as mm. well. We've kind of seen it that, you know, we can play those balls in behind. If a making that run into that channel, he's mm. got the ability to, to find him. I think this doesn't also go over to um you know his this isn't arteta's babamyang's uh, fault necessarily because you've got another guy on the other flank that could also offer an option to Partey as well and seeing from what he can do in this side and that's why i said today he looked like he was playing one of the best you know it was one of the best performances for us because he was always trying to seek that ball always was head up what are my forward players doing And then he's got that quality to kind of go, all right, I've got to sit on it for a while. Unlike, you know, Sabayas, who looks like he's got to do a couple of pivots before he then looks up and plays a pass. Yeah, Partey looked like he's keeping the ball, keeping possession, if there isn't anything on. And I think that was happening too often. Same for Tierney. Wasn't getting that kind of support with someone coming in behind. We saw it once. And people, I think that was the chance that, and created but he's offside in that and that would get called back if Pepe didn't basically go oh uh, I'll knock this back to Rob Delaney in goal um, looking at Alisson's moustache because I think we can't go through a whole podcast without mentioning that either
1: it is a wonderful moustache uh, that, that for me, possibly, was probably... Well, there was two highlights of the game. Uh, one was actually during the game, which was Allison's moustache, and the other was the really, really nice tribute um, that Arsenal did uh, for Rocky, um, all the players coming out with Rocky on the shirt. And they also did on the team sheet as well. I'm not sure people saw it on Twitter, but they had the whole team sheet, and they had Roe on there as well, but they had the infinity symbol for who will forever be in our team, which I thought was really nice. Um that was the nice sentimental bit. But yeah, Alison's yeah. moustache is superb top oh. stuff.
0: I'd, it was definitely a highlight of the game when he came out for it. Um, should we move on to questions? So I realise we've somehow got 40 minutes out of that. Yeah, match, I know. No all, we, all
1: we've done is probably moaned, but maybe not moaned loud enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I'll fire the first one over to you. Yeah, uh, it's from and235100. Uh, how badly do we have to do before the end of the season to have any chance of Arteta being pushed out or is jobs or is his job safe for the foreseeable for the future slash you know next season?
1: Um I don't think he'll get sacked even if we went out to Slavia. Uh I don't see that happening. He'll have at least till the end of the season. Um and if I'm honest, I think he'll have next season as well. Yeah. Um might not be what some fans want to hear. Unless he lost every single game from now to the end of the season, uh, that's the only way I could see him getting sacked, realistically. Um, I think league position finishes probably uh, doesn't really matter. Um, I don't think... Uh, Stan Kroenke certainly is not that interested. Josh Kroenke is invested, at least, and interested and does keep in constant contact. Uh, I do believe, I know some people don't like the Cronkies, but I do believe he genuinely does want the club to win things and to improve. And I think that's why they, they went with Arteta actually. Um But I don't think he gets sacked this season. No, you, you could, we could lose both ties badly to Slavia and he's not going to get the sack. Um And I yeah, I think he'll get into next season. He'll be given another transfer window. Um If we're still doing terrible and it gets to like Christmas time, then maybe that, the other big issue I had with the whole sacking Arteta thing, even if some, like, I saw some people saying, like, sack him now. Um like, Who do you get as manager? Like, from where? Where Where are you getting this mystical, like, saviour manager come in? Um, You know, Allardyce is at West Brom. It's, it's not going to happen, people.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think the other thing to kind of look at it is, whilst we may think we have of you know some people on certain podcasts that are Arsenal related may think they've got a voice and the club listens to them uh, to a certain degree not until there's 60,000 in the Emirates that's yeah. that's really where we're going to find out and that's where people will start making decisions on Arteta's yeah. future is when there's an actual crowd in there watching this game because it's not only are we so passive having fans in the stadium shouting and on the back of the team as well, that's going to change their mentality. They're not going to be passive for 45 minutes uh, like we saw today. If we're telling them to attack, they're going to do something. Like you say, Bamiang is a showman. It must yeah. be awful trying to be a showman in an empty stadium at the moment. Yeah. and
1: um Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing. As much as people have got anger towards the manager, and I get it because it, the buck does stop with him. Mm. I think a lot of these players would be getting so much stick. Unfortunately, they're getting it as abuse on social media and some of it very nasty, which they shouldn't. That that is stupid. But they'd be getting it in the stadium. um, And that would be, you know, I think you'd get, the players, you'd certainly get more out of them with with fans in the stadium. Um, It's not an excuse. But uh, I do think it would make a difference. Um, right. Julian Salmon asks, uh, do you think the board will look to change in the summer if we don't qualify for Europe? Personally, I don't think so, but I think they should look at every option available. Um, we kind of already answered that. Mm. Um, I assume you're of the same mind as me, Josh. But yeah. Even if we go out. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay, we'll jump on to the next one then. Uh, Rudy Rastos asks, uh, seeing many comments about Alba needs to be sold, but to whom? Do you think there's any possibility we could sell him?
0: I wonder, because I think there's going to be a bit of a striker merry-go-round mm. this, uh, this summer. Cause I think we well, all know. Ha- 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 Haaland, will one, ha- ha- Haaland will be one, obviously. Haaland's one. Benzema's the other. Mm. Back to Leon. Um, then you've got Sergio Aguero on a free. Mm. That's, there's a lot of people who are going to be interested there. Yeah. Um, And I wonder what's going to happen with everybody else. And there's always going to be, I think, that kind of option where someone, if they kind of fancy it and they lose a striker and it's near the end of the window and he's available, they might just do it. Especially, I wonder, a kind of club in Italy because whoever doesn't get Haaland is then going to be, you know, if you've got that kind of cash available for a striker... You are going to be looking. I am sorry, John. A Lotaro Martinez. He's another kind of option for you, and whoever then gets you know, there is going to be a lot of clubs that are going to be receiving a lot of big cash. And as you can I mean, kind of see from Spurs, you give a give a team a lot of cash; they're going to be making some stupid decisions, and yeah. one of those could be paying us thirty something million for a Yeah,
1: there is. It's slim, but there is a possibility that if Haaland goes to City instead of Madrid, which looks Mm. like his two sort of most likely destinations, Madrid do need another striker. And probably the only striker besides Haaland and Mbappe that's that Mm. in form in Europe is a certain Belgian bloke at Inter Milan called Romelu Lukaku. At Inter are desperate to keep Martinez. Mm. And the only way to do that is to give him more money. And you probably have to sell Lukaku. Now, Inter are also very stupid as much as I love Inter Milan. <laughs> and oh my God, we're 10 <laughs> points clear at the top. It's unbelievable. It's nice to have one team that's winning. Um, yeah. They're also very, very stupid. So they are certainly a clean, a team who are stupid enough to come in and try and make a bid for a bamiang if someone like Lukaku left. Mm-hmm. So you never know. <laughs> there is a, there's a, yeah. there's a chance. It's very slim, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh I, I can't see it. And
0: yeah. I think this the same goes for Real Madrid as well. They are not always the most sensible. They'll yeah. either go after um yeah, the Salah or they'll go after someone yeah. you know, big name. Um gives them an option to go again go for a, a continent they don't have a huge present in presence in at the moment as well, because it's not just about you know the the player on the pitch. They also want them for commercial reasons and Bamiang's still a big name.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah a huge name. The, the people oh, nice. saying Barcelona and Madrid do not have funds. Uh, well, Madrid, all they have to do is sell one little square foot of land and rename it something after the king. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they have money again. Mm-hmm. And Barcelona, for yeah. all the debt they're in, um, I think Messi staying might take a wage cut mm-hmm. and they've got so many players they can sell. Um,
0: they've got a lot of players. Yeah,
1: will bit, yeah. Always, Barcelona and Madrid will always mm-hmm. find money regardless of how much it is. Yeah, I've,
0: I've heard they're not just doing lip service to um yeah harlan's dad um mm. that there is something behind that they do have a bit of cash if they need to they'll yeah. find it don't worry yeah,
1: don't the, you, the worry. you all suddenly just oh i'm gonna buy this bit of training ground off you for yeah a ridiculous obscene <laughs> amount of money oh how convenient yeah
0: <sighs> Uh yeah. question for you as well um Oh, it's an interesting one from Phil Macker. Does tonight have anything to do with the international break? Because I can't believe Arteta sees anything on the training pitch that gives him confidence.
1: Um. Well, I mean, the players that went away were, what, Saka went away, Tierney, Erdegaard.
0: Uh, did party go away? I can't remember. I am assuming so, because... Abamyang went away. Yeah, Abamyang went away, away. away. So, part, yeah, so I'm so assuming Garner part would have away. had yeah. some. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and Leno, and then from the rest of our squad,
0: Pepe must have gone. If every, Cedric, yeah, yeah. And Cedric, qualified. Cedric, Cedric went. Cedric
1: went. Yeah. So um, he, I, I think the thing is, uh, Jackal would have gone as well. Obviously, wouldn't he? Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure so much. The international break had an effect, but it had an effect in the sense that players came back with injuries or knocks. That, that's where it had an effect. I don't think it necessarily had an effect on what you saw on the training ground. The players that would have stayed, um, maybe they didn't train as much because the season's been so intense sort of, in, in terms of how many games they might have got a bit more of a rest. They certainly would have been training. I think this selection was purely down to who was available, other than maybe Sobias and Elneny that was the only one sort of swap I would have made. Um, yeah. I don't think it helps whenever there's an international break. Some teams seem to manage, cope with it better. Right. Generally, the teams that cope with it better are the clubs at the top end of the table because they they have the right mentality and they have a better quality of players that even if they're not quite firing and all on the same wavelength length because they've maybe played a slightly different style with their international team, they've got the right. quality to carry them
0: over the line. I um, think what also... You don't have that. <laughs> yeah I'd, yeah. i think what also didn't help us isn't actually something on our side was the fact that a um england uh international right back who had covid earlier in the season got two weeks off and got told he wasn't good enough for the based on current form play for the <laughs> england side yeah and his then manager goes out and slates him saying he'll prove you wrong in the next game yeah that didn't help at all was having yeah. a completely re fired up re energized alexander arnold yeah. playing thanks, against us
1: thanks gareth yeah yeah cheers he, gareth he <laughs> <laughs> um I got we got one more question um and then the oh actually just before i do that uh, arteta has made some comments off of the game uh, he said to the BBC, they were better in every department. I take the blame. It's my responsibility. They were the best team by far. They won by three goals and it could have been more. I mean, yeah, it was pretty spot on, to be fair. Um, I hope he goes in the dressing room and rips the players apart afterwards, though, because it's not all on, um, It's for me at
0: least, it's not all on the manager because the players yeah. have still got to do it on the pitch. And I would say that's a nice thing to see from Arteta t- in a way, Because he is learning earlier, earlier in the season, or sorry, earlier in his tenure, he was throwing players under the bus directly. Mm. And I think he is—it's showing a development from his side. I know we shouldn't have a manager, and we can argue that our soul—we shouldn't have a guy who's learning on the job. Blah Mm. blah blah. blah. Fuck it. He is at least showing progression. Yeah, at least Uh, for that.
1: Yeah, I think that's that is a good thing. And I think probably before the game, he probably looked at his team and his starting eleven and went, Mm. "Fuck, we've got no chance." because yeah. I know why people before
0: the game started <laughs> yeah he remembers I remember him saying before the game that this was kind of a free hit after Chelsea fucked up <laughs> so yeah. yeah but don't forfeit the game mate <laughs> no
1: I mean I mean we did technically we lost 3-0 right so I mean that is yeah. what you get to you forfeit so Yeah, we could have just skipped doing the game. We wouldn't have had to do the show. Um, Right, go on then. We'll do one more question. Uh, Craig Barlow asks, are we as shit as we think? Uh, Is John right with these players in form? Oh, sorry. He says, John is right with these players in form. We still wouldn't get top four. Do you agree,
0: Josh? Oh, the optimist in me would say we could sneak into top four, but by no means do I think we deserve it on merit. It's one of those kind of sneaky ones. You know when we got in ahead of Spurs on the last day because they drew a Newcastle?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, It's
0: it's that kind of one. Like, we didn't deserve to get into top four on goal difference, but we just about got through. I think it's the same again this season. Um, You kind of look at... You kind of saying, oh, look, West Ham were up in those positions. I think they're falling away now. Chelsea, that was completely unexpected that they'd mm. lose against uh, West Brom. And rather than it being like as a free hit, we should have taken advantage, really. I think there's two ways to take a free hit. Either you play for the draw or you go, gung-ho, fuck it. Um, I yeah. think, to be honest, the mood Liverpool were in, I think we were probably better with the way we went. It could have been eight or nine, I think, if we... Uh, oh,
1: if we gone gung-ho, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, But, yeah, I know. I mean, again, for me, I just look at the teams above us and I'm not talking about individual player quality or manager or whatever, but in terms of squad-like balance, uh, squad balance and depth, if they put out the first 11 each week and they're playing and it's a properly balanced team, um, the teams that are all above us, barring probably West Ham, I would say, have all got a better balance than we have. And I would even say some of the teams below us, to be fair. I think Aston Villa have got a better balance than we have. I think Wolves have, probably Southampton as well. And they're doing badly. But they're just in terms of a balanced squad. And when they pick their first 11, I I do think... They're again not individual player talent, but I think as a balanced squad, they're just better. So yeah, I think um, it, it doesn't yeah. surprise me the position we're in. Again, I still don't think we could ever get higher than seventh with this team at the moment. I don't, you could have Arsenal, you could have Peak Wenger, you could have Pete Ferguson, uh, Pep in his prime, whoever. I don't think you're getting higher than seventh with this squad. It's just not happening. They're not good enough.
0: Yeah. And there's two ways to kind of say, I think we'd finish seventh. I could say, I reckon we're in the top seven. And yeah. we, we all know yeah. I mean seventh. Yeah. It's <laughs> the optimistic yeah. way yeah. I said. We're, we're a top seven we're side.
1: A, we're a top seven side, so we're underperforming yeah. a little at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely it. Um, yeah. Not not going with the fact that definitely we should be too you know, the two pit tie. And that's completely where I'd expect us to be at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think us and Spurs, we're on a level playing field, to be honest. They've got some great players. We've got some great players um it's very much the kind of on our day we could be anyone problem is we're just not consistent enough
1: i um, see i don't even agree with that anymore i don't think on our day we could be anyone anymore now
0: well well we certainly couldn't, yeah and i think that's probably the right way to wrap it up that on this day we could not beat liverpool 3 <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right. yeah um right what what else we got we've got a podcast this week um I Season think
1: return of uh Jeff Arsenal. Well,
0: I, believe. I yeah, I was gonna say, fingers crossed, everybody. Um, crossed Jeff Arsenal returns, so I'm um, sure
1: he will have some very strong opinions on Arteta and some of the players in the squad and what's happened since Arsenal's left and everything. So that'll be interesting. I think uh Femi is on as well.
0: Yeah, got Femi. Uh, I and Danny, Danny is gonna be yeah. there. And yep. He said maybe Sophie. Um, oh, okay. Oh, so we'll see. Um, certainly, some strong opinions flying around that one. Um, oh yes. None of them positive. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, after seeing uh, what Femi has been saying in our WhatsApp group, he is not best pleased at the moment. No, um,
1: he's not doing great. Um, so yeah. Um, Thursday night show, I believe, is Danny and Mr. Stokes uh, mm. of Goonosphere fame. Um, we've drafted in some extras, so you get a real treat on Thursday. So even if we don't beat Slavia, you get to watch Danny and Stokes talk about the game. That'll be very, very good. Um, I should be tuning into that one in my pajamas because it's so late and it's obviously it's a school night, so I can't do it. Um, the pirate is currently running around, still chasing French footballers, so he's not available as of right now um yeah i think that's it for upcoming shows i don't know who's doing the sheffield united game yet but i'm sure we'll find out at some point then just remember to check with people
0: yeah i'm sure we'll work that one out but for now we've given you at least two lineups which is more lineups than we normally give at the end of the show (laughs) so yeah uh cheers john for coming on and talking through that wonderful game
1: yeah i mean I'd say thank you for having me, but that was miserable. So yeah. I'm really glad that, you know, I got to enjoy that on this long Easter weekend where you can't do <laughs> anything else
0: mm-hmm. because you can't
1: leave your house. It's no. amazing.
0: <laughs> Just got to sit in it. And yeah. all I can say to kind of round off the show is aren't you pleased? The international break is over and Arsenal is back. Turn the shit off, please, Danny. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.